Hello and welcome to tonight's CLNS Media Patriots Roundtable. I'm your host, Nick Qualia, sitting here with Marvizan and with Mike Molino per usual. All right, guys, so we're coming off of a another bad Patriots offensive performance. Uh, this week it was against the Texans. You see the Texans linebackers coming in dressed up as the SWAT team. I think that's what makes me the most angry about this entire situation, about the Patriots losing to the Texans. They walk in like the SWAT team, and everybody's like, oh, the Letterman jacket game, it's that all over again. And they beat the piss out of the Patriots. <laughs> that's what I don't like about this because we lost a big opportunity to make fun of these guys. But anyway, Patriots offense, another big issue night. 28-22 final score. They really – the score is very misleading. It was not that close of a game. The Patriots offense stunk for a majority of the night. So that leads us to the main question of this episode. Guys, the Patriots offense just struggling, struggling, struggling week after week. What is the biggest problem that you guys think is going on with this Patriots offense right now? And with that, are they going to be able to fix this issue that you guys choose? Marv, let's start off with you. I mean, There's we've been we. It's a lot. Yes, <laughs> There's a, a lot to go by, and you know, usually on this show, we've been attacking the the offensive line crazy of how poor they've been well, playing. I I don't know if it was really mostly the offensive line. I think it was just Marshall Newhouse. Newhouse, yeah, <laughs> Newhouse was getting a lot of the hit, but the offensive line in general wasn't doing so well either. But now, a couple weeks in with Isaiah Wynn, you know, taking care of that left side. And you still have some guys in the offensive line going down. You lost um, Ted Karras. You know, now you have Ferenc in there, I believe, that's in the middle. But the wide receiver depth is the issue with the offense at the moment. Um, Nikhil Harry, one week he's a featured wide receiver. The next week he's nowhere to be found. Philip Dorsett, it seemed like he was the golden golden child for the New England Patriots in the beginning of the year, you know, when he was that fourth receiver. Now he's no longer the fourth receiver. Sometimes he's playing as the wide receiver, too, on this offense. And so, you know, better corners are on him, and he's shown that he can't be that guy. Edelman, teams have figured out, okay, just double-team him. And, you know, Brady's eventually is going to have to look elsewhere. He's the only reliable target. Like, just double-team, you're fine. Right. And then Mohamed Sanu, you know, here's a guy who had one really good game against us, uh, against the Ravens when you lost to him. He had 10 catches, so you, it seemed like there was hope. Then the last two weeks, he's trailed off. Even the last week on a fourth and one, a big play where you needed, they threw the ball to him, and it, was, it ended up becoming a drop. So Sanu doesn't look like he's all out where he's supposed to be because he's more of a wide receiver three, and he's looking like he needs to be a wide receiver two. So all of these play, wide receivers are playing out of their role right now, and it's hurting everything because they're just not ready. Jacoby Myers, he's doing the best that he can. I can say he's a bright spot, but it seems like week in and week out, he's running the wrong route. So I really don't understand. <laughs> it's really tough. It's been bad it's, watching that. It's bad. It's been really tough to watch these um, wide receivers go right now. Um, and that's not just to say the wide receivers are the only problem. I know on this show we're going to be talking about a lot of other issues with the Patriots. But right now I think the biggest issue on the offense has to be the wide receiver depth because these guys are just playing out of position, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, look, like you mentioned Jacoby Myers, and I think that it's – it's it's almost unfair for the way that people are are going after him, but at the same time, like you're put in this role, so you're going to be hit with with criticism. Look, if the right. Patriots the Patriots receiving core, he is 
<laughs> whether we like it or not, guys, he's a main focus point of this receiving core. And like you said, and I'm going to hit on this a little bit later too, there's been issues just with, with Tom Brady throwing the ball to areas where he thinks his receivers are going to go, and then nobody ends up in that area. We saw one key one last night. I think Edelman broke to the right, and instead Brady throws to the five-yard line on the left where nobody was to be found. Uh, Mike, before we jump over to you, though, guys, Express VPN is bringing you guys this show this week. Do you guys want to be able to watch every single NFL game this season, no matter where you live or what team you root for? This season, there's a proven way to watch every football game live for a fraction of the price of DirecTV or NFL Sunday ticket, and that is ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy the International Game Pass. ExpressVPN lets you spoof your location so you can buy the International Game Pass for just $125 and you guys can stream all of the games. ExpressVPN comes with apps for your computers, mobile devices, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, use ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all of your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've tried Costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Guys, i got to buy MLB uh, TV now that everybody's going off of cable. So I'm, I'm going to have to use ExpressVPN to spoof my location so they don't block out Red Sox games on me. <laughs> Enjoy all 256 games of the 2019 NFL season with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com. beat that is expressvpn.com slash beat for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash beat to learn more. All right, Mike. A lot of problems with this Patriots offense. Where do you start? Where do you think the what do you think the head of this monster is right now? Uh, I think Marv kind of touched upon it a little bit there in terms of talking about the wide receivers. And, you know, I really look at it as a situation where the connection, the chemistry between Brady and the wide receivers just is not there. But the group of guys that are currently out on the field, it's just not there. Obviously, it's there with Edelman. We see how reliable that connection is um, when Brady looks his way. James White has been around for a number of years now, so him and Brady have built that chemistry and connection up. Other than that, Sanu, Dorsett, not too much, a little bit. Um, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, two rookies. Think of over the years what Tom Brady has done, especially has, as he's aged. Last couple of seasons, you've seen Brady, you know, whether he not, he's not at, you know, OTAs or mandatory um, minicamp or whatever, he somehow finds time within the summer on some beach somewhere in Montana or wherever. He's throwing the ball to Edelman. He's throwing the ball to Josh Gordon. He's throwing the ball to Gronk. Guys before that, Amendola, um, uh, Wes Welker, I think Brady has reached a stage now where, and I think he's made it clear multiple times through interviews and whatnot, that when he has that chemistry with guys, that, you know, that trust with them, at least the success for the Patriots. I can honestly say and believe that I don't think Brady has that with these guys. These last couple no, of not games. not at all. Not at all. In these last couple of games, you've seen it in the stats. Edelman and James White, for the most part, are targeted like 10 to 12 times. And the next guy on the list maybe has four or five targets. But for the most part, through the stats, it shows that he's forcing the ball to Edelman and James White. And, yes, I'm not saying it's just because of the connection. You have rookies um, like 
Nikhil Harry's not on the field, so you can't really understand explain that. But I feel as if with the current receivers that we that the Patriots have, the fact that Tom Brady doesn't probably have the chemistry that he wants, the trust that he 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 wishes he had with them, it makes things tough. And you know, this is why probably we see him angry in post game interviews and on the uh, on the sidelines. He's angry and upset because he's throwing to guys that he doesn't trust. Now, should the Patriots? be catering to Tom Brady and putting him in a situation where he has all the receivers he wants. Yeah, I think he's earned that. I think he's earned to have who he wants out there in terms of trusting. That's why people say, well, he's mad that they got rid of Antonio Brown. Hell yeah, I believe he's mad that they got rid of Antonio Brown. He's probably a little upset they got rid of Josh Gordon, even though he should we don't. be he should be pissed they got rid of Josh Gordon. Yeah. We don't I know need to know what the hell happened. Yeah, we don't know what happened, but I'm probably sure Brady's like, damn, this is a guy who I put in some work with over the last couple of seasons, and now he's also gone. And he so, had those yeah, summer workouts with him that you mentioned. Summer workouts as well. Brady puts in time and effort with a couple of these receivers that he knows is going to be a huge part of the team. I don't think he was thrown on a beach to to Jacoby Myers too much. Or did I don't I think did he work out with Nikhil Harry? I'm not too he sure. Did he did work out with Nikhil Harry a little he bit. He did yeah. work out with Nikhil Harry, but for the most part, he hasn't been around all season. Um I think that's where some of, not all of the issues with the offense lie, but some of the issues with the offense lie with the fact that Brady is working with the guys who don't fully have the trust that Brady usually dishes out to guys that he's been working with for a long period of time. Yeah, and look, I don't want to give any excuses to Tom Brady for this because he's definitely been a problem this year. Like, he's he's had oh, open targets. not giving him, him any passes either. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like, I'm not – you cannot give this guy pass because he's had open receivers that he's just blatantly missed. The chemistry to me, I think, is the biggest problem with this team because, like I mentioned before, he's thrown to areas where – Years past, you have Danny Amendola. Him and Danny Amendola, really great chemistry. He throws that ball. Before Danny even looks, he's headed to that spot. There was a play Jacoby Myers. He broke in last night, came back towards the line of scrimmage. Tom Brady throws another 10 yards downfield instead where he's expecting Jacoby Myers to be. And I think, if I remember correctly, he went after Jacoby for that. He got pissed about that. He's throwing one deep ball to the five-yard line to Julian Edelman, who's a guy that he has chemistry with. And Julian Edelman's running to the right instead. So there's just so many problems with the chemistry. There's no flow with this team. There's no flow at all, especially once they get to the red zone. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The red zone still, they're just under 49%, just under 49% of the time they score touchdowns. There was a great chance at the start of that game, uh, early on in that game in the first quarter. When the Patriots marched all the way downfield, the offense looked pretty good. They, for whatever reason, they they were running the ball real well. Once they got to the red zone, they kind of stopped running the ball, which didn't really make any sense to me. Another problem, Josh McDaniels uh, and a lot of these play calls don't, aren't making any sense. Um, but there's just there's just no there's no cohesion. There's no consistency within the offense and depth with the receivers. That's another big problem. Look, your offense is not going to be that successful passing wise if Philip Dorsett's going to be your number two target. It's just not going to be. And then your number three target's going to be. Jacoby Myers, who was an undrafted free agent. And then you have Nikhil Harry, who played in 12 of six of the first 16 snaps on Sunday night. And then after the interception that he was a part of, he should have tried to at least undercut the defender. Um, he was he only played bad 10 ball. of the next 61. It was a bad throw. It was a bad throw. But Nikhil really did not do anything to help out that either. So there are the, there are just so many issues. The offensive line, I'm actually going to give a pass. But. You know, with all that being said, I think my biggest issue with this offense right now, and this is my number one head of the monster issue, there is <laughs> there's no unpredictability. 
You know it's coming. Sony Michelle's out there. They're running the ball. James White's out there. They're passing the ball. And then you don't have a guy who takes away defenders. You don't have a guy like Rob Gronkowski who's going to take two defenders. You don't have a guy. You have a Julian Edelman. They, cut, they double cover him. Then you're left with Jacoby Myers, again, an undrafted free agent. You're left with Nikhil Harry, who hasn't proven anything yet. Mohamed Sanu, who's on and off. And then Philip Dorsett. You're just not going to win that way. And real quick before we wrap this one up, I briefly mentioned Josh McDaniels. Guys, what was that fourth down? Half yard to go. To be honest, and you know, I'd never miss a chance to talk about Josh McDaniels. Or does he? <laughs> I, if I could talk about Josh McDaniels and his horrible play call, I'll I'll get on it. But I wasn't mad about that one. Oh, I was pissed. I wasn't mad. They yeah. stacked they stacked the box. You weren't going to be able to to run that in. The, Sunu needs to make that catch. No, you're right. He does because it hit him right in the hands. Yeah, it hit him right in the hands. But I hate that play call still. I hate the play call, especially when you're running game. That entire night was working real well. If you that's want a Brady specialty right there, yeah, yeah, that was that's a Brady specialty. He, I think he still makes that. And either way, if he, even if you don't think that he's going to make that, give the ball to Sony. Let him go left. He was running well last night. Give it to James White. You literally need a foot and a half. I think you would have hit that if you went for the if you went for the run. Now, granted, again, like you said, Sanu should have caught that ball. Absolutely, yeah. but. I still hate the play call. Still hate the play call. Also, last shot before we go here. Uh, Kai Forbath, bye-bye. Waved right before the show. Very glad Kai Forbath is no longer on this team. Bye. <laughs> I don't think there's been a kick that pissed me off more than last than yesterday. I don't know why that one. That one was just a slap in the face. That Yeah, that was, that was, that was, that summed up that entire game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this is another CLNS Media Patriots Roundtable. I'm your host, Nick Qualley, sitting here with Marvazan and with Mike Molino. All right, Patriots lose 28-22 to on Sunday night, and the Patriots are no longer the number one seed. They are now 10-2. and The Ravens overtook that spot. They have the same record, but obviously the Ravens own that tiebreaker because the Ravens beat their ass a couple of weeks ago. Lamar Jackson still looks unbeatable. Uh, so, guys, therein lies the question. Does this Patriots team, and we talked about this last year when the Chiefs and Patriots are battling for the number one spot. Do the Patriots need that number one seed if they're going to end up going to the Super Bowl this year? Because now we've seen them, they've played two really good teams this year. And they got beat pretty handedly both times. So guys, do the Patriots need that number one seed if they're going to make it through the postseason and make it into the Super Bowl again this year? Mike, let's start with you. What do you think? History has told us and shown us that the Patriots don't necessarily need the number one seed to make it to the Super Bowl. Does it make it easier, the road easier, if all games are going through Gillette Stadium? Absolutely. But again, if you're looking at history, last season we were looking at an almost similar situation where the Chiefs were rolling, the Chiefs got the number one seed, and we figured, you know, oh boy, can the, can the Patriots go to Arrowhead and get through the mighty Chiefs and the dominant offense and, you know, the MVP Patrick Mahomes. It's a similar situation. And, yes, the Ravens are rolling. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying the Ravens are a sucky team in any way, shape, or form. But if you have to go with what's broke, I mean, sorry, what's the old saying? What's the old saying? If it ain't broke, <laughs> I don't, know where don't fix it. I don't know where I was going with that. My words got mumbled up. What I'm saying is, 
Brady and Belichick have continued to show him over and over again. No matter the situation, they find a way to be, become victorious. We're talking about a team that's appeared in the last four straight Super Bowls. Am I correct? Three. Three straight Super Bowls. Yeah, three, three out of four. Three out of four. I'm sorry. This is Wait, no, no, no. Is four out four? of five. Four out of five. Four, four out of five. five. Okay. Four out of five. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So much that it's so many appearances that we get it confused sometimes. Either way. Can't wait for the comments on that one. <laughs> either way, what I'm saying is Mighty Ravens, yes. But still, if the Patriots don't have the number one seed and the it has to go through possibly Baltimore, I'm not gonna be crapping in my pants because of that possible matchup. I'm not. We've seen it again, over and over again. I'm confident still with the Patriots on the road in a possible AFC Championship game. I mean, the before we before we jump it over to Marv, I've now seen Lamar Jackson. We've all seen Lamar Jackson take on the league's two best defenses and shred them. That yeah. makes me nervous. And they, he did it both times in Baltimore. What's it? MT&T Bank Stadium. I don't know. Mark Ingram keeps saying the trust. I don't understand what they're saying over there. Justin Tucker said it yesterday, too. I don't know. I think that's the stadium. Anyway, guys, do you want to be able to watch every single NFL football game this year, no matter where you live or what team you root for? We would, right? Yeah. This season, there's a proven way to watch every football game live for a fraction of the price of DirecTV or NFL Sunday ticket. That is ExpressVPN. I have had DirecTV before. Let me tell you guys, absurdly expensive. Here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy International Game Pass. ExpressVPN lets you spoof your location so you can buy the International Game Pass for just $125 and stream all of the games. ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile devices, and digital media players like Fire TV. Plus, use ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all of your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN that I've tried, costs less than $7 per month, and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. I am now jumped on that streaming service thing instead of cable now, and it doesn't come with Nesson, so I'm going to have to get MLB Network, MLB TV for my computer. Got to use ExpressVPN to spoof my location so they don't black out the Red Sox games, because I'd be pissed if I bought that and then I couldn't watch the Red Sox. Enjoy all 256 games of the 2019 NFL season with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today, guys, and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash beat. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash beat. For three months free with a one-year package, expressvpn.com slash beat to learn more. All right, Marv, what do you think? Do they need that one seed? No, they do not. And it's all due to because of the offense. I don't the offense hasn't shown me that they can play well at home or they can play well away. <laughs> oh, so it's not good either way. It's it's it has it's not looking good either way. But one thing that has been looking good is defenses. One thing they say in football, right? Defenses travel. And I feel like this defense will be fine wherever they play, either at home or away, you just need to work on your offense. Whatever this offense is doing, like Mike has said it, Patriots have been down and out before, and they've always found a way to overcome crazy scenarios. Just look at last year at, at um, Arrowhead. 
if the Patriots these next four or five weeks can come together and fix this offense, I don't care if they're the number two seed, number three seed, I'll still be confident in them because there's still time. This is week 13. There's still a lot of time left to get something going here. It's Bill Belichick, it's Josh McDaniels. We've watched all of the um, do-your-job specials and how they get together and they get in the lab and they figure something out. I still believe they can figure something out. Does it look good now? Hell no. It looks horrible. But I don't think the number one seed is necessary. I don't think the road needs to go through Gillette in order to reach the Super Bowl. If you can get this offense to put up some decent amount of points— you still have this defense here. In the playoffs, you're going to have time to really focus in. I think the Patriots will be fine whether they have home court or not. Yeah, and you keep mentioning the defense too, which obviously is a key component to this conversation. And this season, the Patriots' defense has only allowed for, uh, an opponent to get over 14 points twice, and that was in both losses. So this defense, I think the next time around when they play these guys, they'll step up and they won't allow them to, to beat them the way that they did this last time. But, okay, so the way the seeds look right now, if the playoffs started today, it goes Ravens, Patriots, Texans, Chiefs, Bills, Steelers. <laughs> Bills are only a game behind right now, guys. Just keep that in mind. That That's actually worries true. me a little bit. The Bills are a single game behind the Patriots, which is insane to say at this point of the season. People aren't giving the Bills enough credit right now. But the Ravens scare the hell out of me. It was a long time. You guys know on this show weeks before the Patriots even played the Ravens, I said that I did not believe in the Ravens. Well, let me tell you something. I'm horrified of the Ravens now. <laughs> I am all in on the Ravens now. <laughs> Lamar Jackson looks unbeatable. Part of my problem with Lamar Jackson before was that he wasn't really able to pass in the pocket. He was a run first guy, but now he's versatile. He's doing something that the Patriots offense can't do. And he's almost unpredictable. You don't know if he's going to throw the ball because we know that he can do that well now. Or you don't know if he's going to take off and, and burn 30 yards off of you. I think that the Patriots are going to need that number one seed if they, are, if they have a chance at going to the Super Bowl. Because I don't see them going to MT&T Bank Stadium, if that's what it's called, and beating the Ravens. I don't see that. And another team that I didn't have any trust in, I did not think was that good, was the Texans. Was the Texans. And the Texans showed up on Sunday night. And Come on now, awesome. Nick. Their offense looks explosive. It was Marv. It was you who's been talking them up all year, right? Now nobody's giving them any any credit, right? And it I was. still I still hate that we can't crap on them for that SWAT team. That was the corniest thing I've ever seen in my life. That backed would be, it up. Uh, yeah, they backed it up, but it was so like if the Patriots, if like Van Noy and Hightower showed up dressed as Boogeyman, I'd be like, guys, what are we doing here? It's Halloween. Halloween was over a month ago at this point. Anyway, anyway, I think they do need that number one seed. But Marv, I agree with you. I mean, frankly, the Patriots offense hasn't done anything to make me believe that they can beat these teams anywhere. Right. I Like, what I'm trying to say is, I don't think whatever the result's going to be in these games, I don't think it makes a difference whether it's home or away, the way the Patriots have been playing. And these offenses both carved up your defense, which is seen as one of the best in the NFL, if not the best in the NFL. Even DeAndre Hopkins was getting open on Stephon Gilmore, which I really didn't expect. Two of the best at their position. Stephon Gilmore, I mean, he held his own against DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, hey, Gilmore held. He had a pretty good game. It, it, doesn't help, it doesn't help when the offense is constantly going out there for straight, consistent three and outs, three and outs, and the uh, defense has to get right back on the field. Something that wasn't a major issue early on in the season when the offense was, for the most part, holding their own, putting up 30 points. No, yeah, you're right. 
It's just they haven't shown me anything that they're going to be able to put up enough points. And if the Texans and the Ravens can both put up that many points on you, I don't see how they can't do it again if they face you in the playoffs. If maybe they won't put up as many points, maybe even a touchdown lower. But that offense has not shown me anything that they're even going to score over, what, 14 points? The Texans, the Texans defense, passing-wise, stinks. They're not good. Yeah, that's what's concerning. And they made Tom Brady look like this guy should not be in the NFL anymore. Tom Brady did not look good. The Patriots offense did not look good. So it's they need that number one seed, I think. But either way, I don't know if they're going <laughs> to – their offense – I don't know if their offense is scoring no matter where they play. All right, guys, this is another CLNS Media Patriots Roundtable. I'm your host, Nick Qualia, sitting here with Marvazan and with Mike Molyneux. All right, here we are. Patriots lose to the Texans this past Sunday. Tom Brady doesn't look that good. There have been some conversations now about Tom Brady, obviously, that are going to be had after a loss like that. Are we finally here? Are we seeing the demise of Tom Brady, or is this just another? Is Tom Brady going to show up later on in the season in a couple of games and just look like the Tom Brady that we've known over these couple of years? Now, there's a guy, uh, ESPN staff writer, Bill Barnwell. He wrote about Tom Brady today and wrote about and, and gave us some statistics about Brady since week four. And remember, he didn't really look great in week four against the Bills. So I just want to read you guys this. League's 33 qualified quarterbacks since week four. Brady is 30th in completion percentage, 30th in yards per attempt, 29th in passer rating, and 24th in total QBR. That's Tom Brady. You know who he's pretty close to in all those numbers? Mitchell Trubisky, some guy that people want off of the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Not good. Certainly not great. Guys, simple question here. Are we watching the fall of Tom Brady? Are we watching the demise of Tom Brady as we know it? Marv, what do you think? Is this the beginning of the end? Uh, You want to start off with me, huh, Nick? Yes. This This is not the beginning of the end. Look. Hats on forward. Let's go. (sighs) Brady's look bad. Brady has played bad. He's made some very poor decisions, but he's has not shown me that he's lost any talent. Like we was talking early. He looks good in the pocket. The arm is still what it looked like last year to me. It's still, he, he didn't get dumber. He still has Tom Brady's mind, I believe in there. But the thing that's been bothering me about Brady all year is you look at last week's looks at last week's game against the Texans, and you drive down the field and you miss Philip Dorsett in the end zone, wide open in the end zone. He misses him. The next play, you miss Mohamed Sanu on a slant. Then two throws later, you throw that interception. Then the third series, you come back in. Um, what's his name? Jacoby Myers runs the wrong route, and then you lose your. Now you're mad. Now you man, now you flinging your helmet in the air. You're frustrated. You're yelling, we got to be faster. We got to be more explosive. We're not trying to hear all of that if you're not playing better as well. Brady needs to start to take accountability. And I haven't seen that all year from him. You know, we look back at Tom Brady and his career highlights and clips. You hear him being motivational. Come on, guys, we got to get him here. We're not seeing that. Now he's just looking like the old man who's just always mad at the younger guys. And he's not putting his arm around, you know, the younger player's shoulder saying, okay, we're going to get them up. And that that affects the offense. I believe all of that, you know, players need to see your quarterback 
still supporting, still there, still ready for the next fight. And I just don't see that from Tom Brady. We see him mad in the post-game conferences. We see him moody. And that affects the whole team no matter what. You got to, like you, we mentioned earlier, you got a bunch of rookies or new guys on this team. Brady's the veteran. He knows this offense. One, he needs to play better. And if he's not playing better, he needs to bring the whole team up together. But back to your question, Nick, do I, is this the beginning of the end for Tom Brady? No, I don't think so. I think he's made some poor decisions and he needs to play a lot better. And then the stats that you mentioned, him compared to Mitchell Trubisky, those aren't fair. Those aren't fair because due to the offense that he's he's been running in. And we all yeah, know. Yeah, but don't you think old Tom Brady at least makes his offense look a little better? He should. He should, but there's a lot of variables. Let's not forget, there's been many weeks where you didn't have an offensive line. You didn't have you didn't have anyone to protect your blind side whatsoever. So Brady's has been dealing not only with a revolving door of receivers, but a revolving door of offensive linemen. People who are supposed to protect him as well. So it's been it's been real tough for this offense. I'm not going to put it all on Brady. Brady definitely definitely deserves blame. For poor decisions, throwing it to double coverage to Edelman. Like all of these things are things that Tom Brady usually doesn't do. I don't know if he's just so frustrated, it's like he doesn't give a damn anymore. But things need to change in these next couple weeks to get this team really going here. Or they're gonna they will fall. And I don't see a lack of talent from Tom Brady. It's not Peyton Manning bad, but we saw from his last year with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. Uh- you mentioned like the moodiness. I am so tired of hearing him whine and mope. It's annoying. Like, take some cr- Stop. like take something. Take Stop. some blame on your shoulders. Like you've got two of your five main targets are rookies. One of them wasn't even drafted. His confidence level is probably not even that high right now as <laughs> it is. Tom, talk him up, man. Yeah, it's Do it's, it's bad. And talk usually he's up. that guy. He's usually that guy. Yes. That's why it's so disappointing. It's so disappointing to see because he's that guy that gets everyone up. What's going on this year? Is this why people are bringing up the old Tom Brady's going to is Tom Brady's last year with New England and things like that? This all of this sparks these rumors when you act like that. Yeah, no, exactly. Like if if you don't want people to be talking, unless he does want people to be talking about him going elsewhere or retiring, don't act like this. You're you're 42 years old. You're 42 friggin' years old. Act. You, you can control the way you act after a game. You just can't. Even Gronk kind of called him out a couple weeks ago after he won the game. Gronk, uh, the Gronk was like, come on, Tom. Just, like, have fun. Smile. You won. Like, that's what we want to see out of Tom Brady right now. Mike, before we jump over to you, though, guys, do you want to be able to watch every single NFL game this season, no matter where you live or what team you root for? This season, there is a proven way to watch every football game live for a fraction of the price of DirecTV or NFL Sunday ticket, and that is ExpressVPN. Here's how it works. Use ExpressVPN to buy the International Game Pass. ExpressVPN lets you spoof your location so you can buy the International Game Pass for just $125 and stream all of the games. ExpressVPN comes with apps for computers, mobile devices, and digital media players alike. Fire TV plus ExpressVPN every time you go online to keep all of your network data encrypted, secure, and safe from hackers. ExpressVPN is the fastest VPN I've tried. Costs less than $7 per month and comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Guys, I have to buy MLB TV and whatever it is online, and I have to use this to spoof my location so they don't block out Red Sox games for me. 
Enjoy all 256 games of the 2019 NFL season with the world's most trusted VPN, ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today and find out how you can get three months free at expressvpn.com slash beat. That is E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash beat for three months free with a one-year package. Visit expressvpn.com slash beat to learn more. All right, Mike, what do you think? Is this the end? Is Tom Brady done? Should Tom Brady just retire? Get out of here. <laughs> Here's something you guys have to understand, and I'm going to draw a comparison here to the Boston Celtics, but I'll make that comparison in a second. Yes, let me put this out there first and foremost. Tom Brady, in some points of this season, hasn't looked good. He hasn't looked like a great quarterback. I think we all three of us can sit here and agree with that. But then at the same time, you're talking about a guy who's 42 years old. He's not playing football right now and going through the season just to play and, oh, let's, let's see how well we can do. No. He's playing right now to see if he could put number seven on his finger. So if he's getting moody and upset with these young are receivers. You, are you going to compare this to who I think you're going to compare this to? Give me to? a second here, Dick. I'm going to get it. <laughs> if he's going to be moody and Mike's upset. Obsessed. With, <laughs> if he's going to be moody and upset with the fact that these young guys aren't performing or doing what they should be doing on the field. You know what? I give him a little slide for it. Yeah, you want him to be coaching up and, come on, guys, we can do this or not. But damn, he's 42 years old. This is the New England Patriots whose mindset over the last many seasons has been Super Bowl or bust. And, yes, Tom Brady has worked with some crappy-ass uh, receivers over the years. And this year it's starting to look like similar to that. Because after Julian Edelman, who's the next great reliable guy that you can they can really depend on? Coming into the season, again, I've said this many times, we think they have Edelman, Gordon, possibly Demarius Thomas. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, you think you have Edelman, Gordon, a great athlete in Antonio Brown. Now you fast forward to week 13, it's Edelman. Hopefully Sanu can get it going with the new team. And let's hope Jacoby Myers and, and Nikhil Harry can find their footing as NFL wide receivers. Like, yeah, Brady's pissed. This is a guy who probably wants elite talent around him as he tries to make his way to yet another Super Bowl win. He doesn't want average talent around him or undrafted free agent talent around him. He wants the best. So if he's getting pissed right now in Moody that these guys aren't probably performing at his level, yes, he maybe should take a step back and figure out what he could do better. Absolutely. But at the same time, he's like, damn, Kraft. Look what you guys give me, look, Belichick, look what you guys have given me to work with. Now, I make this comparison because I look at the Boston Celtics who, they're the Celtics. They want to be win number Brandon 18 or whatnot. And I say, Danny Ainge, why the hell are you drafting undersized guards and forwards and guys from overseas, Greece, who don't even play on the court for no reason? Are you trying to win championships and build a solid team? Or are you just trying to, you know, coast across the water and, and maybe find success? What are you trying to do? So that's why compared to what Brady's probably being upset about and Moody's, the fact that he probably doesn't have the players around him that he wishes he could have at 42 years old. Because I still believe, like Marv said, I don't think Brady has necessarily lost talent or fallen off a cliff. But at the same time, I feel like some of it is what's around him that's contributing into the, into the huge picture of the fact that the offense just isn't flowing right now. That's how I look at it. So I don't think Brady's done. He needs to retire. But damn, if he's going to be quarterback, obviously it's a little too late in trying to, you know, get great options out there for Brady. I think we all agree that this is what they have and this is what they're going to have to work with. 
But damn, if there's a chance Brady's back next year as the quarterback at 43 years old, let's hope that he has solid pieces around him similar to how the beginning of this season looked. I thought you were going to go after Kyrie. I thought we were. I thought. Come on now. Come on now. I mean, I mean but look, I, still, you've been looking for, for the two seasons that we've been doing this for a way to bury Danny H. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Danny ain't got to go train, but that's a different conversation. Imagine Mike sitting there at the game yesterday, like, let's go. Danny H. done tomorrow on the show. <laughs> you found a way, Mike. That's impressive. <laughs> that's really impressive. All right. I mean, the numbers don't look good at all for Tom Brady, but when you watch him actually play, there's plenty of issues that he is contributing to. He's a main factor to, like these dumb decisions, like throwing in double coverage, like not linking up and having chemistry with his receivers, because I think he's a big part of that too, with not actually leading this team. That's what Tom Brady's done since 2001. He's a big leader. Well, look, when two of your receivers are rookies, again, and one of them's undrafted, you're going to have to carry these guys along if you want to win, whether you like it or not. You have to stop moping around because you don't have the toys that you want that Bill Belichick or Robert Kraft didn't give you. You have to work with what you get. So, no, I don't think Brady is falling off of a cliff, Max Kellerman. I think we're watching a slow decline because I think a couple of years ago, Tom Brady might take this team. They might be playing better offensively. I think the talent level has gone down a little bit, but I'm not seeing anything close to a guy who's being who's done. His footwork looks fine. He still has zip on the ball. It's not the same zip that he's had in the past, but he still has zip on the ball. He's missing open targets. I think there's a key, there's a big issue with this offense, and I think it's more with the chemistry, with the lack of talent at the receiver position, rather than Tom Brady not having rather than Tom Brady falling off that metaphorical cliff, falling off of that cliff that says that his decision, I mean, uh, his career is done. I just don't see it that way. And, I mean, if he is, he's 42 years old. But I just do not see it that way. He still looks fine when he's when he's in the pocket and when he has time to throw, he looks fine. But there's also those times, again, where he's just missing those wide-open targets. All right, guys, that was another CLNS Media Patriots roundtable. Nick Qualia, Marvazan, and Mike Molino. Guys, every single Patriots game, catch Mike and Marv on the CLNS Media Patriots postgame show. Me, I'll just be here. Follow us on Twitter. Our little Twitter things definitely have already come up at this point. Maybe they're back here now. I'm not quite sure. Again, Nick Qualia, Marvazan, and Mike Molino. We're going to be back next week for another set of the CLNS Media Patriots roundtable. Guys, thanks for watching. Again, we'll be back next week.